Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino. I'm joined here by Tanner D'Agostino, and this is The Sauce, episode 402 on the network. Tanner, welcome back to the show, and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you had a great time off. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you as well, and the audience listening to the show. We had a great uh, response over the over the holiday. We took two weeks off of the show. We played some old episodes, including some of your newer editions, and a lot of people got a chance to catch up, find out who you are, what you were doing. I won't name names. We got a whole bunch of calls last night leading up to the national championship after they heard your breakdown of Michigan the last couple of weeks um, for betting purposes. So you did not gamble on this, obviously, but uh, the uh, the audience, we had a few people wanting your advice on who you thought would win the game and why and doing some breakdowns. So we'll get a little bit of that today uh, post post hoc here with the game. But before we start with the show, uh, we've got a couple of sponsors that we want to make sure we we say thank you to and get their stuff out there. And we do have two ad reads, so we hope you'll be patient with those. It takes 90 seconds per ad. Please don't fast forward it. We've got some great support now with our groups here that are behind this podcast. First, Blackout Coffee, Be Awake, Not Woke. Coffee's on the sauce in 2024. Use TAN, D-T-A-N-N-D, all caps, 20 for your first purchase. Anything after that, use his link. He'll put it out online. That'll get you 15% off in perpetuity. Some of you posted last night when you saw Tanner with his new bat from Jaw Bat, the newest bat for Major League Baseball. They just got certified. Great, great uh, maple made bat. But if you use RVG at checkout, you'll get 15% off anything you purchase for Jaw Bats. But they, the grains on the bat are phenomenal. Um, we've used it a couple times already, and Tan's a big fan of, of the bat. And uh, with our two new sponsors, uh, we're going to play some ad reads for them right now. We have Liquid IV and we have Zencaster, which is actually the platform with which we bring you our podcast every week. And just sit tight here for us for 90 seconds per. Please don't fast forward. Just give them the respect for supporting this podcast and helping us bring it to you every week. Liquid IV is the category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. Their hydration multiplier is a great tasting non-GMO electrolyte drink mix powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water alone. Hydration isn't only for people training for championships and marathons. It's about daily maintenance. I use it when I travel, watch my kids play in soccer or basketball games, back for back-to-back conference calls, or even neighborhood walks. Proper functional hydration is essential, and Liquid IV is the number one power, powdered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. For me, it's the Liquid IV flavors. They offer 12 unique flavors, from strawberry lemonade to Concord grape, my favorite, acai berry. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins with three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks. It's made from quality ingredients, non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. That's why I'm asking you, Take a look at this. This is for real people. It's got real flavors. It's real hydrating. And you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code RVG at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you stop, when you shop better hydration today using our promo code RVG at liquidiv.com. Zencaster. How to start podcasting with Zencaster. It's now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. 
It provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. Why did I choose Zencaster? Three years ago, I had never listened to a podcast. Now I've successfully produced almost 400 podcasts in the last two and a half years, all using Zencaster, and it's so easy. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4,000 videos with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. And it's all in one. If you have thought about podcasting before and realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. What am I asking from you? Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code, all capitals, RVG, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Thank you guys for that. We just don't want to interrupt programming in the middle of, of the content, but also want to just pay tribute to the people that are supporting what we're doing every day and bringing our almost 63,000 subscribers, uh, this great, these great shows like the sauce. So Tanner, uh, you know, we're going to, it's going to be a Michigan dominant show, correct? That's yeah. all I've got on the show notes basically from you. And uh, I guess start off with the star of the show, uh, Jim Harbaugh. College football is about, uh, in, in a lot of ways, about the coach. He came into Michigan about a decade ago. Am, am I right to turn to turn Michigan back into what he said, the prominent program he remembered? But and, and I want you to go back in time a little. He's done he's done great over the last three years. But prior to Har- Harbaugh's um, reemergence at Michigan, because he was a player there, Michigan had not won a title since 1997. Mm-hmm. That was shared with Nebraska. Their last singular title, lone title was back in the Truman era in the forties. I don't have the exact date in front of me, but uh, you know, give, give us, you got Jim Harbaugh on there. Go, go talk all, all that is Jim Harbaugh. Well, in the COVID year, as you remember, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan were not very good. They were two and four. They had lost to Indiana. Michael Penix is Indiana. Actually. Um, they lost to Indiana. They were going to play Ohio state, but that got canceled obviously due to COVID. They probably would have lost that game by a lot. They had to cut his salary because of uh, the reason they. Uh... Yeah, they, they cut his salary. He was not producing in that year, but the COVID year was was kind of a waste for everybody. Saban's gone on record saying it was just, I mean, you couldn't work with players. You couldn't, you know, you get limited people in facilities. They were playing in masks. So, um, but regardless, they had struggled against Ohio state to that point and two and four, uh, you know, unacceptable in Michigan times. So yeah, they cut a salary almost, I don't know if they cut it in half, but they cut it tremendously. Now he's gotten that money back because he put their feet to the fire and, uh, 40, would you say 40 and three since that point? Yeah. Uh, lost to who? Michigan state, Michigan state in the big 10, obviously TCU and Georgia. Yeah. So, uh, no, no Ohio state in that mix. So, uh, Harbaugh's produced. He's taken him to another level. I guess we'll talk in a little bit where, you know, where we're seeing him going. You know, we don't, we don't know, we don't have any information on that right there, but 
you've got an interesting note uh, before we get into the game uh, techniques about Michigan's it's an interesting stat you had about Michigan, why this was equal. This was so much more impressive than uh, maybe some of the, the titles we've seen the last few years. Well, Michigan on the roster only had two five-star players, which is the lowest in CFP national championship history. And to me, that just shows the ability for Jim Harbaugh to not only recruit a lot, but develop all of his players. A lot of players came back, which obviously helps. Sure. But the way he develops players is bar none in this country. So who's, who were the two five stars he had on roster? Uh, the quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, and then cornerback, Will Johnson, who ended up winning the defensive MVP. So no scrubs on that those five stars. Definitely really important players. But Yeah, I think McCarthy was probably, Harbaugh's a former quarterback. As you and I evaluated their growth since he's been there, we always thought that that's what he was lacking. He yeah. did not have that. And that, and. McCarthy was better in my mind early in the season than he was late. He was injured. Mm-hmm. He started off the game, I thought, in great fashion. I made the comment too. He looks confident. Yeah. He kind of wilted toward the end of the game. So I don't see him kind of – Michigan doesn't rely on him like Washington does with Pennock, where Pennock has to make – he has to make big plays yeah. for them, where I would say McCarthy, if he makes one, it's a bonus, but he makes the routine play where there's nothing – Nothing wrong with that. So um, some of the key players we, we missed, uh, what was it, Zach Zinter? Zach Zinter was hurt, yeah. Their alignment today, we've got a report that he'll, he will be healthy for his pro day, though. But that's huge because we saw them without him Yeah, the last couple games, and they were not the same. I wouldn't say they were the same dominant line without him the game he went out. Now, that's hard to adjust. Yeah. But even, even uh, the first round against Alabama, they looked good, but they weren't blowing Alabama over consistently. But um, they looked really good against Washington, obviously less physical of a defensive line. Their defensive line's not top tier in the country, but Michigan's offensive line looked really good last night. They blew them out of the water in the start of the game. The first three possessions, three scores. Yeah, Washington adjusted. They shut the running game down that second part of the, the first half. Mm-hmm. But we saw that fourth quarter where the pounding of Michigan – uh, we we were watching. It was almost like you know grim death. Like why do they keep running it? Why they obviously know more about their personnel than we do. But even when they were getting stopped, they just kept pounding, and then we saw them break it open late in the game. Who were some early game stars for you that that uh, offensively? Let's start uh, with the offensive side. Well, obviously, uh, JJ started off strong. I thought, but he was he benefited tremendously from a couple of a couple of his bell cows. Well, the biggest star in the beginning of the game had to be Donovan Edwards. I mean, those two long touchdown runs got him to 90-plus yards, maybe a little under that in the first quarter. He was definitely the star of that one, which was surprising to me. I thought if anybody was going to have the best game, it was Blake Corum. He probably ended up having the best game as the running back, but he was Donovan Edwards is the big star. Yeah, the two of them had close to 200 yards, I think, in the first half combined. Uh, Edwards with those two runs. I think one was 46 or 47, another one was 41. But as we joked, if he doesn't break them out that deep, he's not scoring. Once that ball gets in the, once that ball gets inside the 20, sorry, we're going through a storm here. That was a an emergency alert, but we're still going to keep bringing you content through that. But Corum and and Mitchell and Edwards, I'm sorry, had 200 yards combined, uh, close to it in the first half. So they they pounded it. And that offensive line, they drove uh, Washington back, at least the first three possessions. Yeah. They ended up pushing them 
back again towards the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, and throughout the fourth quarter. But that old line looked great. It looked the best they have all year, in my opinion. I think the old line really showed up. Yeah, and I, I don't discount Washington. Washington didn't get a lot of credit defensively this year. I think the reputation of the Pac-12 is kind of a wheeling and dealing, fast-paced, you know, don't defend anybody. But they had key guys hurt on their defense early in the year that came back the last uh, part of the season. And I think Oregon, to me, is close to Michigan's style of play that Washington saw. And they did a good job of keeping Oregon in check. But on the other side, I thought Washington resembled a familiar foe for Michigan uh, in their conference uh, very closely. Maybe it has to do with with Pennick being from that conference originally. but um, And I think that helped them a little bit. Who, who did they remind you of? You made that mention last night. I think they reminded me a lot of Ohio State from last year. Not so much of this year's Ohio State, but last year in 2021's Ohio State. Because, I mean, think about it. Uh, C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith, and Jigba on the outside. It's almost an identical style. And that's why I had Michigan in this game, because that's the exact style that Jim Harbaugh said I need to beat, and he structures team around that to beat that style. Yeah, and he's shown it for, you know, 40, what was I keep forgetting the number, 42 and 3? 40 and 3. 40 and 3 over the last three years, three losses, to, to, you know, two in the Georgia TCU, and the other one is Michigan State. Was that that crazy punt, missed punt opportunity? Where they had a chance to ice it, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Yep. So the uh, you know they they faced familiar styles that both programs had probably geared up, recruited to, developed to beat. Now on on the other side of the ball, if you're done, I don't know if you're done with the uh, the offense. If you're not, you can certainly bring us back. But I thought Jesse Mentor's defensive uh, game plan was awesome. Yeah, uh, I thought he's. Uh, this might be recency bias, but I think he's the best defensive coordinator in the country. I think that he's going to get NFL opportunities to coordinate any NFL defense he wants that has an opening. I think that he was phenomenal last night. Yeah, he well, he remember he started cut his teeth with Big Brother John. Yeah, so he was with John Harbaugh in the NFL. I think went to Vanderbilt uh, next, and uh, but that was I think at the time that's that was that post COVID time where Jim Harbaugh reached out to Brother John, got his choice of two defensive coordinators, actually passed on Mentor, took took uh, took someone else, did well, uh, got promoted, and Mentor was like, well, give me Jesse. Jesse came in and did a great job. But you noticed something last night that he specifically did with his line, which, again, is, is risky, but it allowed him to, I think, manufacture some game plans to keep Michael Penick under wraps uh, with those big plays that he's known for. Well, Jesse Minter, uh, obviously in the Rose Bowl, he blitzed heavy. He was saying, uh, we're going to get uh, Jalen Murrow down. This game, he had a di- completely different approach. He did blitz, but a lot less. He sent four, obviously with those smart uh, rush schemes where they flip the two uh, inside and the outside guy. But he made it so that he trusted his front four to get pressure, which is a lot because – that's one of the best old lines in the country in Washington. Like that's a top two old line. And if they don't get pressure, Michael Penix, he's going to deal it. We saw that against Texas and he decided he was going to make the scheme for the secondary. And that was a great secondary scheme. I have to give props to Will Johnson. Obviously he had the uh, interception and he won defensive MVP, but his def- defensive coverage on Romeo Duzier was one of the best I've ever, I've, I've seen. And obviously he had great coverage against Marvin Harrison Jr. in the game, but that's that's 
a great player, and he's the best corner in the country. Yeah, now to Michigan's credit, Minter had the game plan. They went out and executed it. He came up with a lot of schemes with that secondary to give to give Pennick some different looks. And they rattled Pennick, I thought. There, there were some throws that he missed. There were a couple throws that got dropped, and those don't happen in vacuums. They kind of come together. And Pennick got hit last night. That was the that was what we chatted about early. Michigan's defense punished Washington every time they touched the ball. And those, I don't know if there's a better trio of receivers in the country than what Washington brings to the table, but they punish their running game. They punish the receivers when they caught. Outside of that very first, I think it was the very first third down in the game for Washington. I can't remember who missed the tackle. Can't remember who caught the ball. Um, but it was an opportunity to shut them down. Washington did not capitalize on it. But I thought Michigan tackled in open space very well. Oh, yeah. They, they're definitely one of the best tackling teams in the country. They're very disciplined. Obviously, that comes with the hardball team. You look at the Ravens, they tackle very well. But, yeah, they tackled very well. They tackled very physical. And they, I think they rattled Penix. Obviously, you saw him walking off. He was definitely shaken up physically and emotionally. But I think Michigan's defense was amazing last night. Yeah, he, he, got, he got hit hard a couple times. And he's an injury guy. He's a, I think, what, a sixth-year senior. Yeah. He's been injured a couple times. Great career, uh, resurrected it at Washington. There's a lot of people that bang on the transfer portal, but without that portal, uh, there's no Michael Pennock. We don't get a chance to celebrate uh, what he was, what he meant to, to Washington, what he's meant to college football this year. Depending on who you talk to, could be considered the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. He's probably going to be a first-rounder uh, based on his performance. I don't think anybody should doubt his abilities at the NFL based on last night in the game. This guy throws lasers out there, and I think he's going to be an even better pro if he can stay healthy uh, than he was a college player. Now, uh, can I jump you back to Michigan? We kind of skipped over who we both think is probably their their most valuable player, Blake Corum. Um, Blake Corum's standing in Michigan history right now. What, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Uh, well, he brought last last week with that overtime touchdown, he broke the – record for most rushing touchdowns in a career for a Michigan player. But I think he had, obviously he had a great game. He had over a hundred yards. He had a touchdown. I think he had two touchdowns. Blake Corm was amazing last night. He's been amazing his entire Michigan career and they're 32 and 0 when he scores a touchdown. That's a pretty amazing stat in my opinion. We got a little nervous last night, even though uh, uh, Donovan Edwards scored twice there was a point where Washington closed the gap. Now, Washington's first half, Michigan handled them, and it was lopsided, I thought. And their score, what, what, what happened in their score? I know Michigan, did they go? They went for fourth they, down? They went for it on fourth down, gave Washington short field, which I think it was a good call. I think he trusts his offense to put the game away because if they score a touchdown on that, that's 24-3 going into halftime. Ended up being a 14-point swing. Washington goes down short field. They end up scoring a touchdown. Went uh, fast tempo, which I thought Washington would do more of uh, in Ohio State, Michigan. Ohio State tried a little bit. Michigan kind of struggled against it. I thought they'd do more of it, but it worked in that situation. Like Michigan adjusted in the third quarter. But well, we we you know we'll give credit to Joel Klatt. He says he he calls them the boa constrictor, and they did smother Washington. It was close. I mean, third quarter we were both kind of looking like each team scored three. Correct? They each got a field goal. Yeah. But that fourth quarter, you could see Michigan just wear them out. Mm-hmm. And all credit to Washington, tremendous year. 
Uh, it's ups- I think it's terrible that the Pac-12 is is gone uh, because I thought this may have been the best Pac-12 top to bottom in recent history. With uh, again, I thought Oregon was a top three team this year, but unfortunately they ran into the the buzzsaw that is Washington two times. So in looking at Corum, I know both teams have NFL players. We're going to get into draft stuff in a couple of weeks. McCarthy has the choice, go to the NFL, come back. Um, you know, we'll talk more about that again next week. Corum's a senior. Is he an NFL back? And if he is, what are some attributes that you see in him as a runner that make you think he's an NFL running back? Well, he is a senior. I think he's a very good NFL. I think he'll be a very good NFL guy. I think he reads holes very well. I think he sees where the holes are. I think he's got great vision as a running back. He's very he's slow. He's slow through, explodes through, as I like to say. He's slow to the line, and then once he sees a hole, he'll bust past it. He's one of the fastest backs in this class. Slow to explode through. Yeah. So he's he's what just patient to the line. Yep. And then. As soon as he sees he hit, yeah, as opposed to running like a maniac right to the line, you end up running into some really big backsides there. So I like that slow to explode through. What are some other attributes that you think he he does well? Well, he plays through contact very well. He's very physical. He played with a broken nose for most of the season. He, you once when he runs into a tackler, he's lowering his shoulder and he's driving that guy back two or three yards, and he's only five eight. And so when he runs into a, like a six, two running uh, linebacker, he usually wins all of those. And he's a very physical, strong back. Yeah. He accelerates through contact. I like that. That's a basketball term we use too with you, uh, play through, play through contact. Well, actually this is too slow to explode. That's how we deal with screens. We get the screens and then we read. So, uh, I like that you're paying attention, thematic learning here in our homeschool podcast. Um, well, give me one more thing we should watch as we enter the draft that if you're you know, Harbaugh may be going to the NFL. We're going to talk about that next. But Jim Harbaugh is there outside of his connection to this 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 great young man. What else does he do well physically that that you think? Well, I think he cuts well. I think he's very uh, acceleration's great. His cuts are well. He can go from he can go north south south very well. He can go east west very well. He can normally you don't want to go east west, but he can cut that into north south very fast. So I think his uh, vision and his cuts are best in the country. Well, that's, that's a change speed, change direction. Uh, you know, for somebody to go, as you're saying, you're saying he, you think he moves as well east west as he does north south. Yeah. That's hard to do. You know, when you look at that in other sports, even like a basketball, like Jason Kidd comes to mind as a point guard. That's tough to do. Guys are usually, they, they call it now, what's the big phrase? Run downhill. Yeah. They, you know, that's in every sport now. So I think he, I, think I have to agree with you. Decent pass catcher. Didn't get called on a lot this year for that. I think they used Edwards more in that role, but he's got good hands. And I think he'll be a good, you know, who, who's, I, I look to a guy like Dave Meggett in the NFL, ended up being a good running back for the Parcells Giants, uh, kick returner, punt returner, guy way past uh, your uh, time there. Joe Washington used to play with, with the uh, Washington, uh, with, yeah, with the Redskins. And then uh, I hate to compare it to an Ohio State guy, but Archie Griffin, mm-hmm. small, smaller back, five nine, one two Heismans. Disappointing that this kid was not up for the Heisman Trophy. I know it's more of a quarterback award. They did have Marvin Harrison there, but I thought Corum, uh, for the best team in the country, he was the best player. Yeah. Would you disagree or agree? I agree. Okay. And I, I impressive to me, I wondered what they looked like last night without Zach Zinter, and I thought they delivered with that. So O-line, D-line, again, you go back to the basics, beginning of the year, they won in the trenches on both sides of the ball. 
Mentor, he left his D line out to dry. He said, you guys will stop the run. If you can do that for me, I will, I will limit the big plays for Michael Penix. So he, I think both sides got along and that, I think that's made Michigan so special. A lot of superstars there. They did it the old fashioned way, uh, gave up a lot. And the, and the guy that gave up a ton, Donovan Edwards stepped up last year and took the spot of Blake Corn when he got injured. And he even played with a broken hand, yeah. right? He was carrying the ball with one hand. That kid gave up a lot this year with Quorum getting all the scores and all the attention. I think he only had 300-plus yards on the year. Mm-hmm. For him to be ready for his opportunity last night and to be happy, you see those two guys in the sideline, right? I mean, they 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 love each other. They're, yeah. ha- they're happy for success. That's To me, that's the magic of what Jim Harbaugh did in the last three years at Michigan. So Michigan, do, do you think he's going to be back next year? In my opinion, I do think he will be back. Uh, might be wishful thinking. Yes, I think so. But if he does leave, it's looking like Commanders, Chargers, and Raiders are the three jobs. Right. Um, when we don't have any information right now, we'll, we'll be working to get some. If we do, we'll do an impromptu show to bring that to you like we always do. But so you got the, the Commanders, the Raiders, the Chargers. I heard no Bears in there. Parball has a Bears connection. Why not the Bears? Well, the Bears said that they will be keeping Matt Eberflus, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So they, they're bringing back their head coach. It's always good to see that. I hate when they talk about openings when there is no opening. You know, obviously the Raiders fired uh, McDaniel. They do have an interim coach. Chargers fired their coach uh, before the season was over, correct? Yeah. And with yesterday being Black Monday – um, who was the the Redskins? Have they fired Ron Revere? They did, yes. Okay, so so Revere's out. Also, another firing happened this afternoon. Mike Rabel. Mike Rabel, who's talked about as the Patriots hire, and even though the Patriots job is not open. So that's what I hate as a former coach. I'm, I'm not a big fan of talking about jobs that are uh, potential jobs when there's no opening in the job. So right now, Harbaugh looking at Washington. San Diego, or not San Diego, LA Chargers, right? Yeah. And then the Raiders uh, right there. So you think he stays if he goes to the NFL? Where, where are you guessing? Uh, Chargers are probably the most likely, but Commanders have been kind of a dark horse, and now they're jumping in to be probably the second or third most likely. They have new ownership there, so they're not the same troubled soul, although they did change their name to the Commanders, which is a little silly. But – um, what what makes that job so appealing? I mean, they they have a young quarterback. Do they have a first ten top ten pick? They have the third overall pick. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So that's probably the main thing that would make that job attracting. They did give up two of their best edge rushers in the, yeah. at the trade deadline. Oh, how crazy was that? Yeah, but they do have nice young receiving core. If they can get like a Drake May, a Michael Penix, then that that's an appealing job. However, you still have to contend with the Cowboys and the Eagles in that division. Yeah, that's and that's the one thing you got to work. You got to look at. Can they win a division regularly? Um, Atlanta's been talked about. Atlanta fired their head coach uh, yesterday, this morning, after uh, you know a, a tough tenure there. They are in a winnable division. That I mean, you finish five hundred, you're pretty much going. You're winning that league. Tampa Bay did it this year uh, with with Baker Mayfield uh, behind center. And Atlanta does not have a quarterback. They they do have the the tight end that from Florida uh, a couple years back, Pitts, Kyle yeah. Pitts, who hasn't really done much in the NFL. But I guess you have to have a quarterback to throw the ball. They have the kid from Notre Dame. Is it Diddy, Didier? Drake London. Is it Drake London? No, no, no. That's the receiver. No, that's the receiver. USC receiver. Yeah, the kid. I think the kid from Notre Dame originally. But they could use a quarter. Is Atlanta got a top ten? Atlanta's got a top ten pick. Low, lower top 10, not like high top 10. I think they can probably get a Bo Nix 
if McCarthy declares, they could probably get a McCarthy. But uh, they're not going to get Caleb Williams unless they trade up, which is an opportunity. Bears haven't really told anybody what they're going to do. Yeah, the Bears have Justin Fields. You know, the, I every year we see this. Fields was a number one pick. Mm-hmm. He, it, people have no idea what it's like to be an NFL quarterback unless you're behind center as an NFL quarterback. I believe, and you can disagree with me if you want, that they give up on NFL quarterbacks way too early. Uh, I think they do. I think you can look at a lot of guys for that. I think they you can look at Drew Brees for that. Uh, I think they do give up on NFL quarterbacks a little too early. And you have to have resilience to deal with the knocks and handle failure. They pay them so much money, though, and so much is put on them. You, My biggest problem with that, other than the fact they give up on them early, is I have never seen a position of so much importance regardless of the profession that is so ill-evaluated, so ill-developed, and we have so much turnover with it than the quarterback, the NFL quarterback. It's the CEO of sports. But we've not been able to prove to evaluate it properly. We either can't develop it or don't give enough time to develop it. And every year, we have quarterbacks who we've never heard of leading teams to the NFL who are non-undrafted, you know, guys, I mean, Flacco was raking leaves in his front yard mm-hmm. a month ago, and now he's going to the playoffs yeah. with an 11 win, a 10 or 11 win Browns team. Good for him. But yeah, I think it's a position we need to reevaluate in terms of how we're handling it. I think they need more time. I think Fields is a good quarterback. Uh, you may disagree with me. Um, but the Bears do have the first pick right now, and then they have the ninth pick yeah. as well. So, you know, what do, what do you think they do with that pick? I know um, we're not going to talk draft heavy this week. That's the number one pick. I mean, who, who, who in your mind do they keep Fields and trade off of it, or do they? Or they? I mean, sorry, do they keep Fields and draft something else, or do they? You know, trade Fields for another pick, probably a second round, or take Caleb Williams. What I think they will do is, I think they'll take Caleb Williams, and I think they'll trade Fields to the Falcons. But what I would do is, they got a haul for that number one pick last year. Caleb Williams is looked at as a top tier prospect like in the last decade. I think they'll I think they'll get a lot more for that pick if they trade that than they did last year even. I think I would trade it, but I don't think that's what they're gonna do. You think if they, they dangle that, you're right. I mean they've they've talked even though Williams had what people consider a down year, there was a time about sixty percent through the season, he hadn't thrown a pick yet. Yeah. He had like forty touchdown passes and so he he uh he took some shots this year, but that happens when you're a Heisman trophy winner, everybody's looking for chinks in the armor. He can help himself sometimes. But again, we're dealing with a 20-year-old kid um, who is learning how to handle success. I think he's a tremendous talent. I think he's, you know, who, who is the, who's the kid, the Heisman winner this year? Jaden Daniels? Daniels, yeah. Yeah, I think he's, again, I didn't get to see Daniels a ton. But Williams, to me, talent-wise, is, is the answer. They've compared him to Andrew Luck and John Elway, and that's the two highest rated quarterbacks coming out of college ever. Mm-hmm. So that's there's nowhere to go but down from there. But I, I, I agree. Who and who do you think trades up? You think Atlanta? I think if they were to trade fields, Atlanta's probably the most likely because he's from there. He remember he was at Georgia first. Yeah. But I think Atlanta to trade up for that pick is actually not a bad idea. I think Oh, you were saying Atlanta trades their pick for Fields. Yeah. Okay. When, like a third, second round pick. For I got fields. you. Um, but trading up, I would probably say, yeah, Atlanta's probably a good one. 
if they think Fields is Giants, their answer, maybe. if they think that they could get you like, I think you, you're right. They could get a mother load for that. Number one, who, who did that last year? Somebody Panthers Panthers traded up to get uh, Bryce Young, Bryce Young. Um, Stroud ended up being the better of the two this year, but you know, again, time will tell on that. I thought Stroud had a nice year as a rook in the NFL, but what did they, do you remember what they got last year? They got two first round picks. They got two second round picks and they got DJ Moore. Okay. So if Chicago wants to get better in a hurry and they think fields is it, they, they could parlay that into more better talent. Uh, if you're Harbaugh, what's the better team? Then I'm going to throw scenarios at you. Chicago, who you didn't mention either one of these teams, Chicago or Atlanta, Chicago, keeping fields and trading down for all those picks, getting multiple first rounders, multiple second rounders, um, with Atlanta moving up, maybe it's taking Caleb Williams or staying and taking Caleb Williams and and getting out. What's a, what's a better what's a better Harbaugh situation if he's in Chicago? I guess Atlanta could trade up as well, but if he takes if he looks at Chicago, being a former Chicago Bear himself, um, is it a J- Justin Fields with um, you know trading trading that first round pick or that first pick for or do you take back with it, keep it and take Marvin Harrison Jr. I think um, I think probably a Fields with a stacked roster would probably be the best one i think like giants i think the command like teams that are two and three could probably trade up like the commanders um like the uh broncos i think they could trade up but uh i think that uh bears with justin fields and a lot of stuff would be good what what did we leave out what are we missing here what did you want to impress upon our audience today that we may not have covered with the, the Michigan national championship last night, you called Michigan all year. Uh, you, you battled Feinbaum who was anti-Michigan. Uh, you battled, you're not too happy with Pat McAfee. I know that with, he picked any, I, I mean, he could have had some local high school play in Michigan. He was going to cheer their fight song and sing it. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Your, your show. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think we're. I think we got basically everything in this show, and I think uh, we had a pretty good show today. Okay, what, I'm going to ask you this: is it wasn't on our agenda? We saw Pat McAfee go after. We saw Aaron Rodgers getting a little tiff. We won't go into details with a talk show host, Jimmy Kimmel, who's on the McAfee show. Uh, McAfee got reprimanded for it. He had to come out, but it prompted some internal issues where somebody released some numbers falsely true or not true the numbers and he had a big blow up in a show where he called out his boss basically mm-hmm. uh by name on the show long-standing uh leader in, in on espn uh mcafee's been a game changer with espn they got rid of a lot of people and he's he's their star he gets paid the most money uh what, what were your what were your thoughts on that well obviously that's not like the best way to handle it the way mcafee handle it but if those are false numbers that he released, I, I can see why McAfee's not happy about it. That specific guy was not a fan of bringing McAfee onto the ESPN show. He thought he was a kind of a clown in a way. Okay. So if McAfee, if those were fake numbers, I understand why McAfee was mad. But uh, I think handling that in private is probably the better way to do that. And we, we know McAfee was a former wrestler, right? He was in the WWE yeah. or whatever. Uh, a little fake attention on this, do you think? Or do you think it's a real battle? Um, I think it's probably real. Okay. I was, my first instinct was fake because of the wrestling thing that, you know, more attention, 
drama, get people watching them. You gout, you know, you, you divide people, it brings more energy to it. So who knows though, either way, you know, it's, it's something to keep an eye on. You know, McAfee, I think has been fun, especially for game day. He's done some, some fun things. The thing we liked with the kicker, mm-hmm. you know, have you ever said anything bad about a kicker? It makes me laugh because we all have, we think it's the easiest darn thing in the world. And none of us could, could do that like that. And he yeah. did it like clockwork. He's one of the best in the history of the NFL. And we, uh, I had a chance to see him at West Virginia when I coached there. He was a player there when I was there. So I, I got a chance to see how good he was as a player and certainly played on some good NFL teams for, I believe, 10 years. So uh, he's no slouch in that regard and has developed a niche in the broadcasting world as well. So um, I'm going to ask you one last question and then we will move on with with our uh, the end of the sauce here. But you said you think Jim Harbaugh stays. I do, yes. Okay. Well, two questions in. What on earth does he have left to prove? Why would he stay? My second question is, if you happen to be wrong, which probably is never the case, right? You haven't been wrong in your, your really small lifetime here. Who, who's the guy that takes that job? So first one, what may, why would he stay? What on earth left does he have to prove? Well, I think that he enjoys coaching at his all of modern. I think he likes coaching kids. I think he's had real fun with it. Um, I think that NFL GMs want control. I think he has control in Michigan. I think he controls the entire roster. And uh, I think he really enjoys coaching kids. Yeah, and he, he'll go down in history. There's only been a few guys that have done what he's done, had success at the NFL level and the college football level. Jimmy Johnson is one. Pete Carroll's another. Barry Switzer, he's not as celebrated, but he, he did as well. Difference is all three of those guys have NFL Super Bowl championships right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I think he leaves. I think with the NCAA being a pain in the in the rear end and him really not understanding what the heck went on, a, a little background on the COVID situation, they talked, they made this huge thing out. During COVID, just so our audience knows, they had a prospect come to campus when he wasn't supposed to be there and they fed him mm-hmm. and that's a violation. And that's uh, what, what they what they uh, wrote him up on the sign stealing. He, to this minute, he'll say he has, he had no knowledge of it. They checked his cell phone, his computers. They went up down the other, on the other side, nothing on there. So again, he's, he's uh, pleading ignorance on that, but I don't think they're going to stop. I think he's going to continue to be harassed until they muddy the water. So in that regard, I think why deal with the hassle, jump to the NFL and uh, become that next level. However, we both know, in the NFL, you you brought up a very good point. If you don't have alignment with your GM, the Raiders have a GM job opening and a head coach. Be interesting combination right there. If you don't have alignment with your GM owner through your head coach, through your quarterback, you're not winning. Mm-hmm. You're not winning at all. So who his quarterback is will be interesting. That's why a lot of people think Justin Hebert is the way to go. Um, new GM in San Diego, they hired – um, basketball guy. I don't know if you saw that or in, in LA, I should say, I believe they did. They hired the golden, the former golden state warriors GM. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read that this morning, but we'll, we'll check on that and include it. So I think he goes, I think he leaves. I think he goes to San Diego or I'm, I keep saying San Diego. Sorry, San Diego. I think he goes to the chargers. That's the best quarterback to me going. And they've got, I think a great, uh, roster. You know, with the defense, they've got Bosa. They stacked that roster and just just couldn't win. 
and it's a winnable, I think a winnable conference. So that's it for the saw. Congratulations to you on Michigan. I know you loaded up on Michigan gear for Christmas with, was it Michigan versus the world free Harbaugh. You had every novelty shirt going. You got the, was it the big 10 championship hat? Yeah. Big 10 champion. And then of course you, you are collect those McFarlane figurine players. We were able to find you a, a Harbaugh bears. Interesting. And a Ravens one because he was a Colt. So maybe that was a little something there with uh, Santa Claus bringing you a Bears guy. Maybe he ends up with the Bears. So mm-hmm. uh, with that, Tanner, great show today. Uh, appreciate you coming on on a Monday, giving us the back end of a triple header today. We'll release this tonight with a little uh, with a little preview prompt right after it. And then we'll bring you back next week on your usual time, usually your Friday. But we'll be covering the draft from here on out. Is that correct? Yeah. What else will we be doing? A college hoop? Probably a little college hoop, yeah. Okay, so we'll be finishing up with the football, with the draft, but hitting college basketball. So you're going to be our college sports correspondent for the most part. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So with that, uh, give our our sponsors a look there. Liquid IV, Zencaster, Coffee's on the Sauce with Blackout Coffee, Be Awake, Not Woke, TAN, T-A-N-N-D, all caps, number 20, get you 20% at checkout. Use the other link for 15% once you use 20, 20% one one time. And then Jaw Bats, take a look at it. Our uh, co-host of our host of She Gone, Jeff Fry, is is uh, sponsoring them as well. Tanner is sponsoring them too. But Jaw Bats, use RBG at checkout, and you'll get fifteen percent off a wonderful maple bat or any other merchandise you want to buy with Jaw Bats. So with that, the sauce, Tanner. Thanks so much. We appreciate what you do. Have a good rest of the week, bud. You too.